0: days tell me how tell me why
1: if I was to ask you if you had any idea what is the Badder-Meinhof phenomenon I'm guessing you wouldn't be too sure but it's something that I can pretty much guarantee you have come across at some point I'm not the person to explain it to you though this woman is.
0: My name is Anina Rich and I'm a professor of cognitive science from Macquarie University where I work in the School of Psychological Sciences.
1: Thanks for joining us on today's Tell Me How, Tell Me Why, Anina. Now could you please tell us what is this Bader meinhof phenomenon?
0: It's a name coined to illustrate a phenomenon that we all experience all the time which is when something's on your mind, you've learned it recently or you're thinking about it, you tend to notice things in your environment that match that. So for example, if you're thinking about buying a new, car and you've got a particular model in mind, all of a sudden you'll notice on the road that there are heaps of these cars. It seems like the environment suddenly is full of something that you would swear wasn't present before. When actually the frequency of those things hasn't changed, what's happened is you're, you've become aware of it. Your attention is being drawn to that information because it's currently relevant to you.
1: Right. Okay. I've heard that the more common term for this is frequency illusion or frequency bias. And I think most of us consider say- this is something that's happened to us at one point or another. How can it be a help to us?
0: It's a consequence of our adaptive working of visual attention. So what you want your attention to do is to be able to find things that are relevant to your current goals. And so really, this is kind of like just a consequence of that, that when we have a situation where your current goal involves thinking about something that you haven't thought about before or that's on your mind, then your attention being drawn to it is sort of a consequence of how we naturally use attention. When I'm looking in the fridge, I've got something in my mind that I'm looking for. I want to be able to effectively direct my attention to where the milk is so I can make my cup of tea, right? You know, we need that sort of function... And on the flip side, are there any drawbacks? I guess the other bit of the, of the frequency illusion is also this sort of confirmation bias that we have, which is once you, you're you thinking about this and you notice a few, then you sort of look for more and get this confirmation that, yes, yeah, see, it's more frequent than it was before. And that can be problematic in a broader sense. We tend to seek out and become aware of information that's consistent with our current beliefs. And so that kind of comes into play when you think about how perhaps information spreads, why it's so difficult to change people's beliefs so for instance in our frequency illusion if you were to say hang on I know that I'm thinking about that model of car and so I think I'm seeing lots of them but now I'm going to think about a different model of car and challenge myself and oh look there's lots of those we tend not to do that right we tend to not seek out disconfirming evidence, instead we just believe that actually it's happening more frequently We can only experiment with ourselves by say picking an item or a brand of clothing today and going, how many of those can I find? You might not have noticed anyone wearing this brand in weeks. And then you pick on it and it's like, there's one, there's one, there's one
1: it's such a weird way for your mind to play tricks on you and Professor Anina Rich of course Professor of Cognitive Sciences I should say from Macquarie University in Sydney she's got a lot more to say about attention how to focus your attention and really what's stopping us from paying attention to anything
0: we're getting our brain massage today with information frequency illusion you definitely if you own a car and you bought one and then you've seen all those cars the exact same as yours That's what we're talking about today.
1: This really all has to do with our attention and what we pay attention to. Anina, one of your research topics is about the interaction between where you want your attention to go and what is actually happening in your environment. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Where our attention goes is like the gateway to what you become aware of because there's too much information around us for us to become aware of all of it. And so what your attention does is it really allows you to select what's currently relevant and ignore the rest. But of course there's another aspect to it and in evolutionary terms if I just focused on my goal which might be foraging for a particular type of berry and I don't have any capacity for looking at what's happening in the environment then I'm going to get eaten pretty quickly whereas what we need is some sort of circuit breaker system that can your attention even though you're focused on something else so that a movement in the periphery that means there's a tiger about to eat me can capture my attention away from the berries and so really where your attention ends up at any one instant is a combination of all of these different factors what's going on in your environment that should capture your attention because it's it's important for survival what's going on in terms of your task goal so where you want your attention to go and where you end up is like an interaction of all of those things. So it's not actually just what's in the environment versus what your task goal is, but it also might be what you've been thinking about just before and that's sort of where where this sort of phenomenon comes in. So, you know, in general, these things are on my mind and that's also going to influence where my attention goes.
1: And because you're involved in all this research, have you any tips for trying to improve our
0: attention span? My research is really fundamental attention, understanding how the system works, but we can use that information a whole range of ways and people who do advertising and designing phone apps they use that information whether they know it or not those notifications on your phone are designed to capture your attention Uh, when we look at advertising billboards they use features that has been shown to really effectively capture attention and so really if you want to get control of your attention what you need to do is foil their plans by turning off all the notifications on your apps then you can work out when you want to check it and consciously make that decision rather than having your attention dragged towards it. And the thing is, is that even if you don't check your phone at the time when it dings, your attention has already been taken away. Your main task has been impacted. So you're saying trying to multitask isn't really the best idea then? We're not good at multitasking. We actually can't multitask. That's a fair that you can multitask. Um, Really what you're doing is you're switching between tasks. And every time we do that, there's a cost. What we need to do to get better at paying attention is actually to get rid of those decisions distractions as much as possible. Things like setting yourself up to turn your email off and then you have to make a conscious decision to open your email. There's some evidence suggesting that even if your phone hasn't dinged with a notification there's a little bit of our attention that's caught up on our phones. So for this interview for example I put my phone off and out of sight because it's not relevant to my current task which is trying to string two words together for you. Anina Rich Professor of Cognitive Science from
1: Macquarie University in Sydney Australia, thank you for giving us that explainer on the badder Meinhof phenomenon, aka frequency illusion or bias, for today's "Tell Me How, Tell Me Why." Hey. I Radio in the afternoon with Tesco
0: weekdays from three on i Radio.